You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The first day of practices here at the Senior Bowl are in the book, so we'll check in on some of the notable prospects the Chicago Bears should be checking in on. Also, maybe a nugget in here about the Bears general manager down here in Mobile, spotted maybe a little bit incognito. Plus, we'll check in on how Justin Fields is feeling about the new Chicago Bears head coach, new offensive coordinator, and what this upcoming season will have in store for him. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. Appreciate you tuning in here as we're on the road in Mobile, Alabama, not in our usual studio, home studio setup for the podcast. So looks a little different for the YouTube channel. Sounds a little different for the podcast listeners. But hey, we take it on the road and we do the best of our can. We get some of that live on-scene coverage here from the college football all-star game NFL draft scouting event here at the Sooner Bowl. We will check in on particularly offensive linemen is where I spent most of my attention here on the first day. Big position of need for the Chicago Bears this offseason. We'll check on some of the guys who performed well on the first day, some of the guys who performed poorly, and what we want to see for them throughout the rest of the week. Plus, we'll check in with some of our other Locked On Podcast Network hosts, breaking down our general speaking observations from just the first day of practices. But we have to start with... Justin Fields, because as the Chicago Bears' new head coach and general manager were introduced this week, so too did we get to hear from the Chicago Bears quarterback on what exactly he's, what he knows about these guys, what he's gotten from them, meeting them so far, what his expectations are for them, and what his expectations are for himself, getting to know a new regime, a new head coach, a new offense, new systems, all these different things that are going to come into play for Justin Fields in year two, because this is sort of the time to take that next step. You know, year one was not a traditional rookie season for him in in any way, shape, or form, and even he was ready to admit that first and foremost right off the gate not so much fully in how it affected him as a player on the field that certainly is in there but he didn't get into too many of those details but more so how it affected you know his role in the locker room with the team in terms of leadership and all those such of things and how he's looking to take that next step in 2022. Justin Matt talked about having leadership lead by example first and then step into it vocally he also praised your leadership how do you hope in your second year to step into an even more bigger leadership role now that you're not a rookie anymore? Yeah, you know, um, I think last year was kind of kind of weird, just, you know, me not starting the season, being the starting quarterback. So it was kind of a weird, you know, leadership role. You know, I think me and Andy would kind of switch off. But, um, you know, that, now that I am, you know, starting off the season as a starting quarterback, I think I'll be more comfortable, you know, playing um, that leader role. And, you know, there's no, no more um, – you know, uh, he's a rookie, this and that. You know, it's 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 time now. So um, I, I'm excited, like I said before, and I can't can't wait to get to work. Justin, between between now and April, when you guys are able to get back together and get out on the field, what kind of homework 
do you anticipate doing to learn more about Coach Getz's system and the types of things that he'll ask out of you within that system? You said what kind of homework am I going to be doing? Yeah, in the next couple of months, just getting more familiarity with what he does. Um, and how I mean, yeah, just just learning a new playbook, um, you know, a playbook that, you know, I'm excited to learn. And, of course, it's new. Don't really know, um, you know, the terminology and stuff that goes within it. But um, I'm excited to, you know, get to meet him and, you know, get to learn and uh, get, get this thing going. Have you gotten a scouting report on him as a coach yet from anyone? Uh, no, no, I haven't. So I'm, ex I'm excited too. So we'll see. Justin, as, as you're meeting with and getting to know uh, Matt and Luke, mm -hmm. what, what do you want them to know about you? What, what's kind of the message that you're trying to get across to them as you start that working relationship with them? Um, I mean, yeah, just, you know, the, the kind of person I am, um, you know, uh, I talked to, of course, uh, Coach Nagy, Flip, and, you know, Laser, and, you know, the advice that they just gave me was to, you know, just be myself. So that's what I'm going to do, show them who I am, show them, you know, how hard I work and, you know, what I bring to the table. So um, uh, I think, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's really simple. I mean, I don't have to do anything, you know, too much. Just, just be who I am and, and, and be myself. So, yeah. Of course, Field says the last advice that Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor gave him was to be you. Like, of course, like on the way out, he kind of clarified later that like, yes, after the Bears made the coaching change and brought in the new head coach, that that's when he sort of had that final conversation with his former head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback coach. And of course, the advice is be you, which was apparently the advice the whole time that never really ended up getting fields in the offense all that far. But, you know, good for him to be able to sort of admit that, yeah, things were... Things were weird. Things were different. Things were a little bit strange trying to navigate the back and forth with leadership with Andy Dalton. And again, I think highlights the flaws in this plan the Bears had for their quarterbacks that didn't really seem to have a lot of contingencies built in or didn't really account for a lot of different things on, on how it might affect the quarterbacks, affect the rocker, locker room, affect the roster and all those different things. And so I think it would be very good for Fields you know, regardless of the new coach and all that stuff, to just be able to settle more into that role, not only settle on the field offensively into getting to know his guys and being able to run the schemes and all that stuff, but like just being the guy and not having the injuries come back and forth, you know, fingers crossed, I guess, but then also not starting as the backup and then having to sort of switch back and forth throughout this season. I was a little surprised he didn't have more knowledge or more to say or more information at all about Luke Getze as an offensive coordinator, but certainly nothing to be concerned about, nothing to hold against Fields by any means. But, you know, it'll be, I think it'll be a really healthy sort of involvement there in that offensive process of those guys growing together. Getze improving as an offensive coordinator, first time sort of NFL offensive coordinator, moving from the position coach role and getting to know his quarterback and how those two can maybe try and grow and learn from each other and learn together as things go on. And then, you know, being able to sort of then do the same thing on the field in the locker room and, and that full spectrum. But interesting that, you know, it's relatively new and foreign to fields. He also did say that he wasn't really particularly consulted in the head coaching search either. That was sort of not in the clip I played, but later on there, he was asked, you know, did the Bears come to you and say, hey, what do you think about these candidates? And he said, no, just got the text from Matt Eberflus when it was done and scheduled the time and like met with him and had just like exchange of pleasantries, but didn't get into too much like X's and O's stuff. But clearly excited. I think fields is probably ready and encouraging the change, excited for the change, wanted some sort of change, I'm guessing. You know, I don't think he's too upset about them making the coaching staff change. It's just a matter of making sure that Eberflus and Getzi are going to be the right guys to be able to do all the different things they want Fields to be able to do. And again, so far we've heard all the right things, but that's that's not winning games in 
January now into February. I mean, we've got to see how it's going to translate on the field. But full steam ahead with Justin Fields growing as a quarterback and as a leader. And I think those two things will go very much hand in hand with the new head coach, the new identity of the team and the offense. And, of course, then the new offensive coordinator and quarterback coach and everything else that's going to come with rebuilding that side of the ball. Need to add new players into that mix to help build around Justin Fields, make the coach's job easier, make the quarterback's job easier. And we got to see some potential options for new GM Ryan Poles to get a look at here down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. We'll go through in particular some of the top offensive line prospects here, what we saw in the good and the bad, plus a couple other spots, a, a tight end, an edge rusher, and those, those are actually the main non-offensive linemen. We'll maybe touch on the quarterbacks briefly, but nothing too much in depth. But hey, our Senior Bowl notes from day one of the practice, plus some comments from our friends on the Locked On Podcast Network, all together here live in person, coming up next on Locked On Bears. As we get ready for the Super Bowl and the big end of the NFL postseason, our friends at Bet Online have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues all the way up through the very end here with just the big game right around the corner. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports, scores, podcasts, and news throughout the postseason and honestly through the offseason too because not only do they have, of course, great football odds and props to make the Super Bowl that much more fun for you and your friends following along the game and having maybe some stakes attached to it, not just snacks in an office pool, but some real like specific fun prop bets. Bet online always does a great job with those. But then when the football season's over, they've got pro and college basketball, NHL, golf, soccer, hockey, tennis, UFC, plus live real-time updates for current games as well. If you really want to get in the action and watch the ebbs and flows of the game and have some fun with it, Bet Online is the place to do it. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for the rest of this 2022 NFL postseason and the rest of the sporting year ahead. Plenty more good things, and Bet Online is the place to enjoy all of your sports because Bet Online is where the game starts. The first day of Senior Bowl practices for me started with the offensive line. For me, that's the position that I'm most focused on, at least right away here, as like obvious place the Bears want to upgrade and need to upgrade. Particularly, you think a little more in the interior after drafting two tackles last season. But hey, new regime, anything can go here with that group up front. I think as the week goes on, you know, I want to look a little bit more at the defensive backs and, and some of the other spots where I think the Bears may want to add prospects there, but offensive line was a good place to start for me. And, and I will admit, so the, the senior bowl practices are split into like two distinct parts, right? There's the two teams. There's the American team and the national team. And confusingly, the Jets are coaching the national team despite being in the American Football Conference, and the Lions are coaching the American team despite being in the National Football Conference. So that one was tough for me to go back and forth on. But regardless, had had a little trouble with getting everything situated at practice today, and I ended up having to go and get some stuff taken care of in terms of the credential process. Not important, but the, the, the note to take away from that is that I wasn't able to catch all of the national practice with the first of the two teams, that one coached by the Jets. And so I don't have as much as much sample size, even though it's already a small sample size for all of them, I, I didn't get to see the full range of that practice. So I don't have as many notes on that team as I do the American team coached by the Lions. But but two players stood out right away for me in the positive and the negative from the national side. Again, a little bit more of a limited exposure here, but someone who really caught my eye was uh, the center from Boston College, Zion Johnson, right away when in one-on-ones and in teams. like He had a couple of really impressive scoop blocks, like trying to get out in space and zone. And I know the Bears might do a little bit more some some more gap stuff in with the new offensive coordinator, but I really thought he was 
continually impressive for me at the center position in a spot where so often in these types of one-on-one drills, centers in particular have to snap and then get out of their stance and block, and they're, they're always at a pretty significant disadvantage. And I felt like Zion Johnson did a really good job of standing out in that way. Like, he's not 100% in his reps or anything like that, but I just thought, for sure, someone that's like stand out when you're just like scouting these offensive linemen, right? I didn't come in with, I, I didn't do any like advanced scouting on these guys to have like a preconceived notion of like, okay, who's good and who's not. Like, I've watched plenty of college football this season and have a general idea, but like, I haven't done in depth scouting on any of these guys. And like, without even, I didn't know who Zion Johnson was before. I was like, but who's that? That center, I think it was, I think his number was 77. I was like, yeah, who's that 77 with the gold helmet? Boston College, Zion Johnson, right away. He was the first name I wrote down as soon as I started watching practice there. He, he did have a high snap one point that went like way over the head. And like those type of things are going to happen, you know, at these time of things in practice. We're not going to get too caught up in any of the little individual minutia. But overall, from what I did see from the national practice, he was at the top of my list. A little bit disappointed in one of the bigger name offensive linemen here, Bernard Ryman from Central Michigan, the offensive tackle. I'm not super clear on exactly how to pronounce his name's pronunciation for these guys when you just first get to know who they are. It's a little tough for me, but like he's been kind of, you know, built up to be potentially a, a maybe a first round or at least a top top fifty, top seventy-five offensive lineman. And I thought he's a little underwhelming, a little bit more inconsistent than I would have thought I would see from him. And again, it's not a the a total evaluation of what he's going to be then as a prospect as a result, but just looking for him to maybe settle down a little bit and shore some things up going against some really significant talent on the other side here, as opposed to maybe what he was seeing more consistently at Central Michigan. It's just another sort of part of the evaluation, but not the complete evaluation of a guy like Ryman, who's would very well be potentially in that Bears second round pick range, depending on how this draft process goes. But again, I haven't done a lot of like in-depth scouting on him to give him my own personal range. That's just sort of like, what you sort of hear people talking about. So those were kind of the two of the national practice, but the American practice, I got a little bit more deep into And I thought both guards from Georgia, uh, Jamari Saliger and Justin Schaefer were both really impressive for me. And honestly, I kept getting them mixed up when you see two Georgia helmets at guard. And I was going to double check my roster here when they're, when you're sort of trying to keep two of them intact and they're both very close numbers. There's a 54 and the other one is a 68 and, Sometimes when they're moving all back and forth. But for me, I believe it was Schaffer, Schaefer, Schaffer, Justin Schaffer from Georgia. That was the more impressive for me. I mean, just really quick hands. I mean, it's maybe a little bit slow footed, but strong anchor and was able to like mirror well enough with the feet. Right. It's slow out of his stance, you know, to get back there. But then once he's once he's back. He's able to stay in front of guys pretty well. And again, strong hands, very strong base, fast hands, and just very firm and stout in pass protection. And can also, of course, get guys going off the line of scrimmage in the run blocking. And then I, th- I thought 68, the other one, uh, the other Georgia guard, uh, Salier, e- even a little bit more bigger and menacing in terms of like how he carries his muscle and his weight and just really good balance for a guy his size. I was really impressed by both of those guards. Uh, the, the big standout, I think, for a lot of people that was really easy to see much like the for me the Boston College Center on the other side uh, uh, for the national or for the American practice it was the edge rusher from Florida State uh, Jermaine Johnson just quick out of his stance but really explosive when he puts a pass rush move he had, he had a great inside move and I think one of the Kentucky tackles I think it was Luke Fortner where he just blew by him set him up on the outside and smoked him to the inside didn't just run by him I mean it was like a nice little rip but it happened so fast it was like hard to see he just jumped and was in the backfield. I mean, it was it was like it was like a half second to set up his, his move. But then once he went in the move, 
it was just it was gone. I mean, the tackle had no chance. It kind of like spun him around a little bit. It was just really, really impressive. I think Florida State edge rusher Jermaine Johnson has been was one of the top standouts, I think, of, of anybody that I saw across either side of the ball. Also really liked the Coastal Carolina tight end Isaiah Likely, a guy I'd never heard of coming into this game. I mean, maybe I should have, but like just really like looked the part of a, a bigger receiving tight end, right? That this sort of like hybrid balance, right? Not not hybrid in terms of like looking like a wide receiver playing tight end, but like being a bigger physical, stronger tight end, but also moving really well for a guy of that size. Strong hands, goes up, attacks the football, holds onto it through contact, is just bigger and stronger than everybody too, and seemed to be able to separate pretty well against linebackers, which is who he's going up against in one-on-one drills. Does that mean he's going to separate well against cornerbacks and safeties in the NFL? We're not getting that far, but really like what I saw from Likely there as, as I don't know if it's call him a sleeper, but just a, a tight end to keep an eye on there. If the Bears want to add some potential depth there with Cole Komet, maybe, you know, add a little bit more. I just feel like he's got, he's, he's still got some of that same sort of size and strength, but a little bit more juice for a tight end is exactly the type of thing I'd be looking for in those prospects. Where I saw some struggles, particularly from offensive linemen, uh, first of all, LSU guard Ed Ingram, really, really rough day for him and and all these guys like I'm not writing them off because they had one bad day at the senior bowl but looking for them to try and turn things around Ed Ingram stood out to me as just like consistently not holding up well off balance leaning forward quite a bit just very sort of underwhelming I don't know if poor technique I mean poor balance so but but it's not like poor feet necessarily I mean they're a little slow it just he just was was always like one step behind mentally like you know like not physically a step behind but just like a beat behind, you know, it's just a step slow, just not quite, it hasn't, doesn't quite go from like brain to body because there's so much going on and in those one-on-one drills, it can be a really tough thing, but he in particular seemed to struggle in, even in those team type situations. Uh, the Louisiana right tackle, Max Mitchell, also for me, uh, underwhelmed, just not, not able to sort of hold up with any sort of consistency over there, especially, you know, speed going around the edge was, it was something I was a little bit surprised to see him struggle with as much as he did, and he too had some trouble with Jermaine Johnson, as as did the Kentucky Tech of Luke Fortner. Another one just kind of up and down for me, not really doing a lot to wow me, and I was, again, looking looking forward to seeing how he would match up with some of this top talent and just just not really not really getting it from him. A couple of guys that were mixed bags for me up and down, I thought the Kentucky center, Darian Kennard, had a couple of nice blocks, but then some some bad snaps in there, and there were a couple times too where he just kind of whiffed off the line of scrimmage, and you don't like to see that. But there there were enough of those positive plays where it's like you like what you see, but you just you want to see him settle down a little bit and really get more of those positives and, and fewer of those what seem like fixable, easy enough mistakes that as you settle in through the week, he should be a little bit better at, at getting into. And and for me, it, it rounded out like just a, a mixed bag on the offensive line. I think for the most part. The offensive lines were not doing their running backs and quarterbacks very many favors in these practices, but that's tends to be how it goes when it's a brand new group, brand new offense, brand new everything. We're not reading too much into it. It's just sort of a, a sense of some of the early movers and shakers that NFL teams are, are getting a pretty darn close eye on, including Bears GM Ryan Poles. And I didn't see him personally, but I talked to some other people down here, and I so I can't I can't confirm this with my own eyes with 100%, but just an interesting little tidbit that was passed along to me, which I can't, again, I can't verify myself with my own eyes, but people down here see a lot and are able to sort of share a lot. And this isn't major breaking news or anything, but he was very incognito. And, you know, you could tell it was it was his goatee and he kind of wasn't wearing any Bears gear, but, it was, you know, it's, you could see him in the face. But if you looked at his credential, you know, we, we all get these senior bowl credentials that have your name and your organization or whatever on it. His just said college coach didn't list a college didn't 
didn't have a, like a, a specific name or anything. Just said college coach. You know, not not going around saying, "Hey, I'm new Bears GM Ryan Poles." Just kind of, you know, didn't want the attention. Didn't want people going up to him and causing a big stir and identifying who he was. Just just here under business and not trying. If if you know him and recognize him by the face. You can come up to him and say hi, and he'll know you. You know, if you know him, he'll know you, kind of thing. But if you don't know him, and they're just going to read his lanyard and say, "Oh, hey, you're Ryan Poles," you know, not not going to be as much of that. So again, didn't didn't put my own eyes on it, but I'd heard that sort of circling around from a couple of different people that that maybe think he was just you know playing it a little bit more low key. So just an interesting little Bears tidbit we can take away from the Senior Bowl from these first day of practices. A lot more observation we can get into with with more sets of eyes when we hear from some more members of our Locked On podcast crew down here in Mobile next on Locked On Bears. I wouldn't come all the way down to Mobile, Alabama without bringing at least a few snacks with me. So of course, Loaded up my backpack with a few of Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bar to give me some of that nutrients and some of that sustenance here, especially long day out at the practice field. Kind of goes over the lunch hour, so we don't really get to eat. It's you know it's sort of like it's practice to start. We get there like 11 a.m. and they don't start stop to like four o'clock, so you can do like a late, like an early lunch brunch thing. Regardless, Built Bars have helped me get through practice so far because they're delicious and filling. It's like a sweet treat, but the protein in there sits with you and gives makes you feel nice and full. It's, it's the perfect combination because. Built Bars taste like candy bars. It really is like getting to eat a dessert. But, you know, they're, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. But every Built Bar is low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. With all the taste of a candy bar, you cannot beat it. With any other built, any other protein bar product on the market, just doesn't have that combination of taste and nutrients that Built Bars do. So head on over to Built.com, enter in our promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Watching these senior bowl practices, you know, I've only got one set of eyes. I can only watch a couple of players at a time and certainly only like one position group at a time. You can't see everything going on across the field, but that's why I'm so happy to be part of this Locked On Podcast Network. With We've got, boy, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of us around down here sort of across our, our college football and NFL networks of podcasts here. And so some of us got together after the first practice, all in the same place, actually, for the first time in my four and a half years doing the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we were able to sort of combine our collective notes, observations, eyes, and analysis, and we went live on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube channel for about 45 minutes of just talking about what we saw and, you know, kind of joking around with each other quite a bit and having a lot of fun with it. So I wanted to just take a portion of that where we got into us a lot of the a lot of the, the positives that we saw from this first game and, and sort of give you a sense of what we've been able to do here with the Lockdown Podcast Network, get to know some of the other Lockdown hosts, put some faces to some names, and have a little bit of fun with it as well. So this is just a portion of what was a much longer discussion from the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube channel with all of us gathered around the living room table with a couple of microphones, a camera, and some lights, and talking talking ball. Welcome in, everybody, live from an undisclosed location in Mobile, Alabama. This is not so undisclosed. <laughs> well, now we're disclosed. There we go. We are, we are the lockdown crew down here for the Senior Bowl. Welcome on muting. That's my own fault, now that we have the echo going. Uh, glad you guys could make it. I was really keyed up about this stream, so hey, we're going to go over what we thought, what we saw, and we'll probably get into a couple of arguments. I'm Ryan Tracy. This is Eric Crocker, and this is Locked On NFL Draft. Everybody else? Let's go around the room, starting with you. I'm Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators, the only college person here. So yay. 
Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. Glad to not be looking at the quarterback one down here, that's for sure. <laughs> Tony Wiggins, Locked on Jaguars, Locked on NFL, Duval County, Jacksonville. <laughs> David Harrison, Locked on Bucks, and Locked on <clears throat> Commanders. <laughs> John Hickman locked on Texans, and uh, we're still in pain. <laughs> and who's behind the camera here? Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, what's up? Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints. I'll be your voice during all this, so if you have any chat questions, anything like that, hit us up. So let's get started. Croc, you were, you were focused on one position, two position groups. Your big takeaway for the day, who's your guy? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, I, I like to kind of key in on the wide receivers, defensive backs, and I'll shift my focus as the days go on. But I think right away I went into it wanting to focus on a couple guys and two of the guys that I wanted to focus on, one Christian Watson from North Dakota State, another one Calvin Austin, the third, junior, (laughs) from Memphis. Uh, I think they both stood out in different ways. One guy, you expected him to be that big, powerful receiver, 6'4", 211 pounds, and I thought Christian Watson, he put that on full display for most of the practice. And then on the flip side of it, you have Calvin Austin, junior, the third, looking like the you know, smaller, shiftier, quicker receiver. And I thought, you know, when he was able to put that on full display, which typically was in one-on-ones, team didn't go as well for him. Quarterbacks had trouble kind of getting the ball to receivers. We'll get into that later, <laughs> yeah. but... I thought he was he was everything and more that that I expected from a receiver that has his caliber. So uh, those were two guys immediately that that I was I was anxious to watch, and I thought they definitely uh, they held it down. They did their thing. I'll take it. anybody anybody got somebody that didn't do their thing? Any takeaways that you want to see something better from tomorrow? I would like to see uh, Sanders, number fifty two from Cincinnati. Uh, I think he has a lot of athleticism that can help him at the DN position. I'm not sure if he's a 4-3 defensive lineman. I think he maybe fit, can fit more than 3-4, but just consistently getting past those tackles. Sometimes he make those plays, but those bigger tackles can kind of swallow him up a little bit, overpower him, and then he's that difficult coming off the line. But on the flip side of things, one guy that I really did like and I loved him coming into the senior bowl down here in Alabama, Zion Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, talking to Ryan about it, played guard at Boston College, but I'm seeing him take snaps at center, yep. and he's dominant, and he's quickly getting to his, the second level and getting guys off the block. So we struggled with that in Houston. We've had a terrible offensive line for the last couple of years, specifically with the interior offensive line, guard and center, and he's a guy that if they draft him, I don't see why he wouldn't be successful in Houston. I like those picks. I do want to say, I saw a couple snaps from Sanders, too, and I thought that for my expectation for a guy that looks like more like a 3-4 outside linebacker, mm-hmm. I thought he used his he racked out and used his extension well. Yeah. Better than I expected, especially against uh, Falele, who has 35 and what was it, 3-8 arms. So I thought that was a good matchup. I do want to see more from him tomorrow. But what did you see, Warren? Give us something. I'll give you the, the obvious one was the edge rusher from Florida State. Uh, and I, I was I was late to the national practice trying to get into town here, so I mostly only saw the, the – uh, the American side, but uh, uh, Jermaine Johnson, the, the Florida, edge rusher from Florida State, I mean, he, he pancaked a few different guys, super quick off the line of scrimmage, he put on a nasty inside move at one point that really stood up for me. And of course, I think we're seeing a lot of people that are there all, he was kind of the obvious one, but the other one was the, the tight end from Coastal Carolina, Isaiah Likely. I didn't know much about him at all coming into today, but 
He looked big, fast, quick, strong hands, caught some contested catches and really, I thought, great separation. And, of course, nothing crazy downfield, but just like consistent over the middle tight end. I'm looking to see more from him over the next couple of days, see if he can be one of those kind of under-the-radar winners here. So, well, well, for me, James Johnson, uh, uh, I'll... uh, Jermaine. Jermaine Johnson. I'll, I'll echo that because I wanted I wanted to pay attention to Florida State Seminole. Shout out Gator Boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, Shout out the one that's the top five show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they mentioned to Maje Sanders, he's from Jacksonville and I know his high school coach, so I was very interested in him as well. But I'm going to give a shot to Kenny Pickett and I'm going to tell you why. Even though he didn't separate himself and do what guys on day one, like what Russell Wilson, E.J. Manuel, Dak Prescott and other guys have done uh, so far, I think he had more pressure because if you went to the introductory press conference this morning, they were using the words Joe Burrow mm-hmm. to describe Kenny Pickett. So sometimes what I make it, what I think that does is it makes you have a bigger microscope. So for him, he had to come out today and just not screw it up, and I think he did that. So I don't think he lost money. He didn't gain anything either. Also, I want to add too because – no, day one senior bowl, these guys haven't played with these with these people. Right, right. There were a couple guys with that came from the same university. I saw two receivers from the same program, but for the most part, these quarterbacks are throwing the guys that they've never seen, you know, worked out with anything. So you you can tell sometimes the timing is off. They don't know how the offensive line is gonna block at all. It's almost like they're just thrown out there and it's like, all right, go run this playbook that we just learned. Last night, you know, and weren't running effectively for all the scouts and everybody watching in the stands. And I think that part, you talked about the pressure. I think that's what makes it difficult. And sometimes that's something that gets a little overlooked. I, I think the bigger thing to, to take away from Kenny Pickett, which I, I wasn't paying attention to the quarterbacks, but how did you feel like he was throwing the ball? How, how did you feel like the ball came out of his hand? Was the proper zip there? You know, one-on-ones, was he accurate? You know, Malik Willis. He was a guy that was kind of up and down in team, mm-hmm. but I know he's in one-on-one. I'm, I'm just looking at how does he throw the ball, and you see some of the passes come out of his hands, the, the deep balls over the outside shoulder of the receiver, throwing him away from the cornerback and that type of accuracy. I saw some drive throws from Luke Willis I was impressed with, and that was one thing that I was really curious to see as opposed to maybe a Carson Strong who I'm watching warm up, and he threw a couple passes into the ground, and mm-hmm. that's with that. Having to be accurate throwing to a receiver you've never thrown to before. Right. That was that's without having to worry yeah. about the offensive line. That's just I'm working on play action. I throw the ball and I one hop it to the other guy. And, and I think that's those are the things I was looking to see or not see. And with that one, Desmond Ritter did the same thing when it was just like when it was just QBs doing their thing. He short hopped the couple yeah. too. And Felipe like, Franks did that last year. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you want more of that senior bowl analysis and, and some of the fun and laughter we were having, just kind of sitting around talking football with your friends in the living room, head on over to the lockdown NFL draft YouTube channel for the live stream. there, breaking down the first day of the senior bowl practices. We're going to have more senior bowl coverage, plus more bears nuggets in here. We're going to try and get a couple of bears guests on not bears people, but bears media people on throughout live guests in this podcast. I haven't, Got it locked down specifically, but probably going to have Brian Perez from the Draft Network and formerly of, of the Bears Wire, and you know, he's been covering the draft and the Bears for a long time. Going to have him on with us at some point in this week. Maybe a couple they're still trying to pin down here for sure, but hey, we've got plenty more Bears and Senior Bowl draft analysis coming for you all throughout the week, so I hope you'll hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily 
in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. Like I said, if you need your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft is down here. Plus, I mean, all the Locked On guys, Locked On Saints, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Bills, Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Texans, Locked On 49ers, Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Jaguars. I mean, we're all we're all down here giving us our specific observations here, plus everything else going on with those respective teams. Locked On Podcast Network is here for you every day, and I hope Locked On Bears is here for you to make it that much easier to bear down.